You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We get to go to camp today. Well, we get to talk about an opportunity to go to camp. If you are perhaps like a young adult, I don't know. I don't qualify as a young adult anymore. I don't think I qualify There might be an opportunity for me to go to camp. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Today we're heading to Camp Perkins and our guests, Signe White. She is the uh, director there at Camp Perkins and the National Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Association Joint Recruitment Chair. Signe, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here or here and there. Here and there. (laughs) Everywhere. And alongside Signe, we have Chase Crawford, also known as Telly at Camp Perkins. Chase, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I've never done something like this before. (laughs) We're interested in hearing your story about serving at camp and how you got interested in serving at camp. What's your first camp memory? Was it as a camper or as a staffer? It was as a camper. I I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, so I actually ended up going to Camp Lakeview in southern Indiana as a camper. I went as a second grader all the way up until fifth grade. And I think my first vivid camp memory i was really young so i don't have like a full-fledged story but i remember (laughs) showing up and i had this counselor and her name was joelle so joelle if you're listening i still remember you (laughs) and she loved ducks and so the whole cabin was decorated with rubber ducks and i thought it was the funniest thing ever as a second grader And ever since then, I just really clung on to Joelle as a counselor and I requested her for years. And then I ended up having like a really close relationship with this counselor because I kept going back to camp to see her, which was really cool. I just remember how welcoming the space at the cabin was and how she set it up was, it was perfect. (laughs) That sounds awesome. I can imagine being a second grader and being in a camp cabin full of rubber ducks and it would just be kind of magical so and now i'm imagining if i were a camp counselor what animal i would use in my camp cabin for the kids but this is not about me i am curious though how that experience affected or influenced you in obviously a journey that uh, with camp that's still going yeah i i grew up wanting to be joelle honestly i was in high school thinking about how I wasn't going to camp in high school because I was in a high school. (laughs) But when I went to college, I remember when I was applying to college and when I was thinking about where I was going to college, one of the main things I wanted was I wanted to have my summers free because I wanted to go back to camp and be the camp counselor that I always looked at to as a kid, which is really cool. I remember when I interviewed for my first camp job and the director that I was interviewing with asked me why I wanted to work at camp. I selfishly said, this is this has been one of my dream jobs forever. Because when I met Joelle, I I remember feeling seen. And I remember feeling like there was this young person who wasn't my parents that cared about what I did and made me feel like I mattered. And that was something really important for me in my childhood. And so I wanted to be that when I grew up. And now you get to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about your first role as a summer camp staff. That was at Camp Concordia. Is that right? Yes. Yes. 
it was at Camp Concordia in Michigan, and I had never been to Camp Concordia before. So it was kind of, I was jumping into something that I thought I would know because Camp Concordia is part of Naloma, and I went to Camp Lakeview. So I kind of had an idea. I knew like the campfire songs, um, and I knew how camp worked. But I showed up to Camp Concordia, and it was different. And <laughs> much to my surprise, all of these camps are just a little bit different, and they all have their own traditions and their own ways of doing things. So I showed up to Camp Concordia, and I was a counselor. I had a group of camp. I had a group of girls every single week, ages third and fourth grade to high schoolers. Um, depending on the week, I would have a different group. And then I also was a waterside coordinator. So I was kind of in charge of the boats. I had to make sure that the boats were clean and kept up. But the fun part of that was I always got to be in the water. I was scheduled to lifeguard a lot. <laughs> and when I showed up to Camp Concordia, I hated swimming. Like I couldn't stand swimming. I didn't like the feeling of water in my face. And my director at the time was like, we need a lifeguard and a waterside coordinator. Will you do it? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. I will jump in. And my first week there, it was full on lifeguard training. I was underwater like 70% of the time. I just hated life. It was like so cold, which is funny for me to say now, because when I think about how cold it is at Camp Perkins, it wasn't cold. <laughs> but like the water was like 60 degrees and I was freezing and then it ended up being like throughout the summer I was in the water all the time and the kids would leave to go to trading coast or some other game and I would be left alone at the waterfront waiting for the next group of kids to come and I would just get to like sit in the water and have this alone time with God and it actually became one of my favorite things in the world. And I actually ended up swimming for fun after that summer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a life change from camp. Yeah. Side benefit you probably never saw coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that was your first summer serving on staff. Where did that go from there on staff as a camper? Yeah. So then after that summer, I went back to Camp Concordia and I was a program coordinator, which I was kind of the person. I was the person that made sure the counselors got what they needed 24-7, if that makes sense. But then at the same time, Camp Concordia was also a smaller camp than that camp that I work at now. So I also had a group of campers at the same time. So it was a lot of juggling back and forth. I was running around a lot, but it was a good type of running around. I led lots of campfires as a program coordinator. I led lots of large devotions. Like we had something called Bible Adventures in the morning when all of the campers would come together and I would lead that. So I really loved and I really loved being a leader for other college kids that were coming in and experiencing things that they'd experienced for the first time ever and just showing them that it's okay to jump in the water even though you don't like the water <laughs> um, and that was my main goal and I just loved that position so much and so after Camp Concordia I kind of wanted to see what else was out there I was like there's other camps let's go check them out and 
my director at the time was Craig Oldenburg, and he raved about Camp Perkins. <laughs> it was like a magical world where there's clear water and mountains. <laughs> and we were in Michigan, so I was like, clear water? <laughs> What's that? So I ended up applying to Camp Perkins, and I've been a summer program facilitator at Camp Perkins for two summers, which is basically the same position as um, a program coordinator at Camp Concordia, except it's always a little bit different because every camp is just a little bit different. So I have some added responsibilities, including Excel spreadsheets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But then I also have some responsibilities that I don't have anymore, such as at Camp Perkins. Other people lead the campfires besides me. And that was kind of cool to see how different things worked. Well, nothing says the outdoors like Excel spreadsheets. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Boy, I can, I can smell them from here. As a summer camp counselor with a cabin of kids, what would you say was your favorite activity to do with the kids at camp? And, and I know all of it was fun, even the swimming when you didn't want to swim. But what would you say was your, your favorite activity to get to do with the kids? Oh, man. My favorite activity with the kids, it was bedtime. Oh. And I know that is an activity per se. (laughs) But we at boat camps, we have nighttime devotions. And I loved doing nighttime devotions before they went to bed. We would all sit in the cabin and we would go over our high lows. Like, what was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? What are you looking forward to for tomorrow? And it was the time during the day where I really got to connect with those kids. Um, and I really got to share with them the gospel in a really intimate way because they were all in their PJs sitting in their beds. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Joelle because she just is amazing. She had this Bible devotion when I was a camper where she talked about how we were all made in the image of God. And then she took out a Sharpie and she wrote God on the bottom of all of our feet, like we were Woody and Andy and Toy Story. (laughs) And so I, as a camp counselor, also did that devotion because I remembered it so vividly. And then I had campers all throughout the week who would be like, oh my goodness, God rubbed off on my foot. Telly, can you refine it? I don't want God to not be on my foot. (laughs) Which was just a really funny thing. And it was just really fun to connect with them in that way. We are learning about serving at camp during the summer with our friends from Camp Perkins today. We will continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Chase Crawford, also known as Telly, who's serving at Camp Perkins, and Signe White at Camp Perkins, and the Joint Recruitment Chair for National Lutheran Outdoor Ministry Association, learning about uh, what it's like to serve at summer camp. Now, Telly, you have shared with us a really cool story of how you went from being a camper, having a great counselor as a camper, and that inspiring you to, and motivating you to apply to serve at camps and working at Camp Concordia and now Camp Perkins. And serving you round now at Camp Perkins because you enjoyed it so much. But I don't think we've explained, we've heard the story of how you got your name, Telly, at camp. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that's also different at every single camp. Is every single camp has different ways of giving the new staff members nicknames or code names or camp names, whatever you want to call them. Um, camp Perkins does it based off of a funny story or something that makes that person stand out? Camp Concordia, where I first got my name, does it based off of your favorite Bible verse. In that way, you can use your name to talk about God in a specific way. And it kind of plays on the fact of like, Paul, his name was changed when he went into ministry and so forth. So my favorite Bible verse is Psalm 39, 7 which says, but now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. And you look through a telescope and tell you short the telescope. So it's kind of like a puzzle. And it's really fun with the campers because then they would find their favorite Bible verse and then try and figure out a little puzzle that points to that Bible verse in their name. That is so cool and not at all what I was expecting. So... <laughs> <laughs> What a unique way to, to figure out names and to have it connect to something that you can then tell other people about. That is that is super cool. Yeah. What, man, talking about names, talking about what makes each camp unique, what are some of the other ways that camp environments are, are a unique way for you to talk about Jesus and serve the kids that you're able to lead? Oh, my goodness. Wow. There are so many ways to talk about Jesus and serve at Camp Perkins. It's at camp in general. <laughs> and I think that for me, the largest part of serving and talking about Jesus at camp is there's very little time to think about yourself. Hmm. And that is a positive thing, especially in a world where, like, I was going to school and I was constantly studying for my betterment and I was doing things solo as a college student. And that's a very self-focused environment. However, when I would go to camp, it was all based on the campers. It was all based on what do they need? What do they need spiritually, emotionally, physically, socially, etc. in order for them to not only have a good week, but also be equipped to learn about the gospel in a positive light, which I think is really important because if they're not having fun playing Gaga ball, then they're not going to want to listen to me talk about Peter walking on water and so forth. So that was a really unique way to learn about talking about the gospel because it really showed me that everything connects in a way that is translated to how I talk about the gospel with non-campers, if that makes sense. If I don't build a relationship with people in a positive light, they're not going to want to listen to me talk about God in a positive light. And that's something I really took from camp. So now that you're at camp full time, 
this question may not be totally applicable, but when before you were at camp, like the sum between your summers, you know, when when you were a summer camp staff only, so you know the fall, winter, and spring when you weren't at camp, what were you thinking about? <laughs> what, how often were you thinking about camp when you weren't there? <laughs> oh my goodness, all the time. <laughs> I, well, there's a reason why I'm living here all the time now, and I think that's because I just this is my favorite place and. I think it was, I had a very distinct, um, distinct situation where I would always feel like there was Chase, who was the person that went to school and I played soccer and I had like a regular family and whatnot. And then there was Telly, who was the camp counselor. And I always felt like Telly was more me than Chase was, if that makes sense. And so I remember distinctly having a conversation with my mom about this dilemma of me feeling like I wasn't fully myself when I was going by my real name. (laughs) And she said, you need to find a way to merge those two identities in a way where you can be fully yourself without being telly. And I think camp opens up that opportunity for people to be more outgoing, to be less worried about what makes them self-conscious to be more focused on other people in a way that actually makes them feel more like themselves. And so when I wasn't at camp, I was always thinking about what can I do in my real life to make me feel like I am being my best version of myself, which is who I am at camp, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what it takes to become a summer camp staff member that you went through the application process to become a summer camp staff member at at Camp Concordia and then at Camp Perkins as well. What was that process like applying to become a summer camp staff? Yeah, I went to the Nalama website. There is a link on the Nalama website to apply to summer camp. It's like a large form. You don't apply to a specific camp. You apply to Nalama. Right, Sydney? Close enough. <laughs> so, I like placed my top three camps, and then those camps reached top two camps. Sydney is Sydney is giving me the, the the number correction. Top two camps, and then those camps reached out to me. My first camp reached out to me, and then my second camp reached out to me after I decided not to go to the first camp. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. it was a very broad application process. I mean, do you have anything to add? <laughs> well, it's now the time I should do that. It's a question. Yeah. One of the things I love about the, the Lutheran camps that we have in the Missouri Synod is that we're kind of all working together for one common purpose, which is to find the best placements for the candidates and the can and fill the needs of the staff. So you do go to the noloma.org. I bet Sarah and Andrew will put the link in the show notes is my guess. And then yes, you fill out an application. It takes a bit of time. So it is good to set aside, you know, some time to do that, but yeah, you get to indicate what would be your top two camp preferences. And then regionally, that's the thing I love is like, Telly's story is growing up in sort of Indiana and then going to college in not Indiana, Bates University, and then working in Michigan and then working in Idaho. And I have a very similar story growing up in Wisconsin. And I worked at a camp in New York and then a camp in California. 
and then Illinois and then Idaho. So if you, it's amazing to have an opportunity where one application can get you seen by 20 plus different locations across the country, which is what I love. Um, one of my favorite things is when people select Camp Perkins because it's in Iowa, but they <laughs> think Idaho is Iowa. I have that. That is not an uncommon um, thing. So, yes, understand your geography. Look at the map. If you want a mountain adventure, we got camps for that. If you want to swim with dolphins in the ocean, we got a camp that does that. Um, if you want to stay closer to home for any variety of reasons, there's camps all over the country. So, so you don't have to do, you know, go all over the country, but there's horses and lifeguards and what else? Oh, working behind the scenes, being in charge of people. There's all sorts of opportunities. So yeah, Noama.org. Check her out. I would be aiming for the one that does mountain biking. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a few that do that too. So that that would be at the top of my list of amenities at a camp. Now you've mentioned Idaho and California and New York and Michigan and swimming with dolphins, which I'm guessing is on a coast. <laughs> Best guess. Probably We're, not in the lake. Probably not in the lake. We <laughs> import the dolphins to Lake Michigan. <laughs> that would be an experience. Where where are these camps located and what, what kinds of staffing needs are you looking at for this coming summer in 2024? Yeah, there are camps from, we actually have a, a new camp that's a part of our our partnership. I think it's in, oh my goodness, I'm going to say it wrong. Massachusetts, maybe I should look. I should know. I'm the joint recruitment chair, but it's on the eastern <laughs> states area. And then Michigan and Indiana and Missouri and Colorado and Wisconsin and Indiana, Idaho is, and Arizona, Idaho and Arizona are the furthest west camps that we have. And then we have some out on the East Coast and then pretty much around between Texas, um, Arkansas, like just all over uh, Oklahoma. So yeah, pick an adventure and go. We are, as, as a group of 23 camps, 23 camps, we are looking to fill 575 positions ranging in like kitchen behind the scenes all the way to counselors leadership high ropes course leaders all sorts of different things social media directors we need people who do maintenance or engineering kind of behind the scenes stuff so our goal actually is very lofty we're looking to get 650 candidates to apply because you know some people's plans change so right now we have 180 applicants the application has been open for one month today it's our 30-day anniversary for this particular season so that application is online check it out yeah we're looking for all sorts of needs in all sorts of locations and there are camps do mountain biking sarah but i think it's only mountain biking if it's in the mountains otherwise it's just (laughs) biking Still biking. <laughs> it's still biking. It counts on my list. It's biking. You're, it, it counts. You matter. I see you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when is an ideal time in life to serve at camp? When, oh, when, are you looking for a job this summer? <laughs> I have plenty to do this summer. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. I would love to come to camp this summer. Mm, same. <laughs> yes. Anytime, truly, we have, there's, there are people who uh, bring on even retired couples to serve in various roles. The majority of our applicants, though, do serve in a counseling role and they tend to stay in cabins with kids. 
And so having the energy, enthusiasm, and ability to sleep on a cot or the ground can be helpful. And we find that most of our applicants tend to be between the ages of 18 and 25 or 26. There's not a limitation on that. We do ask that um, most of the applicants coming through Naloma would we would like them to be high school graduates. So or so if they're a senior in high school, that's fine. They can apply because they would graduate. But if you are in high school, there are many camps that actually hire high school students. We just encourage you to go directly to those camp websites and look for for that requirement. But yeah, if you are currently between the ages of 18 and 27 or 30, we that tends to be the majority of the applicants. But we even had we've had people work at camp for the summer who are like their teachers in the year, but then they they're either helping in the medical area or they're being on leadership staff or they're leading the backpacking trips or they're the summer cook. So we have people who spend the summer at camp even though they have graduated from college or grad school even. The website again, NLOMA.org to apply for the summer? Yeah, absolutely. NLOMA.org. Is there a deadline to apply? June? No. We... (laughs) You know, because we do this thing together, these 23 camps, the 23 camps get together in February, like mid-February. And this year we're going to get together in Texas at Camp Lone Star. And we have a day, we call it JR Day, Joint Recruitment Day, where we go through and we do the majority of the hiring. So we encourage people to get those applications in before February 5th is ideal so that we can have the interview done so that you can be fully, so your application can be looked at clearly and you have the best chance to be placed at the camp where um, you would like to go. Um, and then the, that's the opportunity as well. If, if there, we have people who apply and they don't put a first or second choice, they just say, I'm willing to go anywhere. So it's really helpful if, if that application comes in before February. And I will say we're always, I, I would say most of the camps are still looking for people well into March, April, and May. So it doesn't preclude you from applying if you don't listen to this podcast until May 5th. You could still apply, but the majority of what we do for hiring happens in mid-February. So get your application done really by January. Yeah. By the beginning of February, get your application done because you know you want to be at camp this summer yeah. and do lots of fun things like maybe mountain biking mm-hmm. or swimming, lifeguarding, mm-hmm. hiking, hiking, right doing back. all those fun things. Mm, good stuff. Ropes courses. Ropes courses. Yes. Archery. One of my favorites. All the good stuff. All those good things. And of course, most importantly, hearing God's word, singing God's word, all Mm -hmm. those good things you get to do at camp. Thank you so much to our friends for at at Camp Perkins today for spending some time with us. Signe, thank you for sharing the information about the opportunity to serve at camp. And Telly, thanks so much for sharing your story about being on staff at camp. Thank you so much for having us. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh, oh, oh.